Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Law with this week's Smart Garden. Yes, indeed. On a balmy Saturday morning. Oh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Julie, Good morning. Santa Julie's here. <laughs> Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota Extension. Well, Merry Christmas to Merry you guys. Merry Christmas to you, too. Nice to Happy see you. Happy holidays to everybody out there. You're going to be seeing some family this weekend, I yeah, presume? Yeah, we're heading up to Mom and Dad's up near Moose Lake, and I'm uh, going to spend four days up there. Aha. Uh-huh. It'll be great. My brother's coming up, and uh, my other brother's... Staying in uh, Alex for a little bit, so. But you'll have you know, crisp, crisp weather, but it's not going to be. It'll be my, I got my parka with me. Oh, yeah. Put it that way. <laughs> you'll be traveling with those uh, emergency kits. Yep. Yeah. All of that. Yeah, the emergency kits. Hot well, coffee. We, in, the, in spite of it all, and I mentioned early this morning, 52 weeks a year, we talk lawns and gardens yes, on this station. Yes, absolutely. And people love it. Maybe more so think, at this time I think it of warms year. everyone up right now to does. think about next summer. Well, Julie, let's uh, welcome our listeners in uh, either by phone or by text. And our, our, our thanks to uh, our friends at By the Yard down in Jordan, Minnesota, patio furniture maker extraordinaire, family-run business. Merry Christmas to them. Merry Christmas. They're great yeah. people. And they do sponsor the show every week. We appreciate that. 651-989-9226. We've cleared the lines. If you want to call in your uh, lawn and garden question for Julie, by all means, uh, 651-989-9226. If it's easier to text us, 81807, 81807. What do, we, what do you uh, folks from the extension do this time of year? I mean, do you plan? <laughs> I mean, you're not outside working in the yard, uh, Right. We're not outside working necessarily. Um we spend our time thinking about uh, and working together on educational programming for Minnesotans. Sure. And uh, we're coming up to the Master Gardener core course training, which uh, happens uh, starting in January. We've got, I think, 240 interns uh, from across the state hmm. who will be either coming to the Arboretum to uh, watch us present in person or they'll also and and or they'll be uh, using our online class. So. Um, you don't have to necessarily be in person to take the trainings. A lot of people like to come and hear one of their favorite speakers. <laughs> but uh, but then you can also, there's a lot of online education too. So it suits people's schedules. And that's one of the things we've tried to do with it over the years is make it flexible, make it accommodate people who, you know, maybe maybe the weather's bad and you don't want to drive out to the Arboretum. Sure. You know, you live in Woodbury or something. So you can do all that online, which is great. I wonder what's going on at the Arboretum this time oh, of year. Oh, I was just there this week. It is gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. The trees and the decorations, they have such an amazing staff out there. Every season, whatever it is, 
they do just an incredible job. I get so many ideas when I go out there about, you know, it's like visiting Martha Stewart's Arboretum sometimes. I mean, it's just beautiful. You know, everything's perfect and great. And um, outside there's a light show. They've got trees decorated in the perennial gardens. Mm. And so if you can go, you want to go outside and look at that, if you get out there at dusk, it's just oh, it's gorgeous. And we've had such beautiful sunsets mm. and sunrises, too. For those of us who are up really early, up early yeah. but uh, it's just it, it's a, just a beautiful place to be, and the gift shop is full of fantastic gifts. If anybody's looking for a last minute gardener, even not, even uh, not even just gardening stuff, but for people who aren't even gardeners, they're just um, I, I could have bought a whole ton of stuff out there. And whatever the holiday might be, I always like to, for years recommend that people bring since family and friends are visiting. Right. Bring them to the arboretum. Right. Yeah. Take them to the arboretum. There's, you know, even in the indoors. Take them. To there's the. More grammatically correct. Yeah. <laughs> there's the, uh, the conservatory, which uh, Ricky Garza uh, takes care of that. He's the uh, staffer in charge of that. And he does a beautiful job in there. And the orchids are blooming mm. and some are fragrant. And, oh, be there. Great place to be. Great place. If you have a lawn and garden question, again, by phone, 651-989-9226. Joan is calling from Edina. With a question, good morning, Joan. Hi, I have a two-part question. Okay. A few weeks ago, you were able to help me diagnose my orchid problem as a virus, and that apparently came from the grower. And now I have many cyclamen mixed in in my, I have a little garden, and a cyclamen mixed in with the orchids. Are they susceptible to that virus? That I don't know because I don't uh, I I kind of doubt it, but okay. I don't know what the virus is. Okay, and my second question is: I, the orchids come in a plastic container, and I put them in another um, c- container. Uh, the what am I trying? Um, I, I don't pot them in it. I, I they're double in, potted. Yes, to, to, so it's sitting uh, in a decorative when I put it in a basket. Okay. Uh, clay pot is what you're Okay. Say. Is that clay pot, does that have to be thrown out? Uh, so is the is the orchid still in its plastic pot and it's just in a clay pot as well? Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's in a, cl- a plastic container, and then they put the okay. plastic container in the clay pot to stabilize it when, mm. as I put them in baskets. Okay. So with the clay pot, no, you don't need to throw that out. And um, if you have... Uh, I mean, it's double potted. You want to be sure that you take the orchid mm-hmm. out to water it, you know, so that it drains well. Uh, you, want, you don't want to water it in the clay pot. You can just take it out, take, keep, keep it in the plastic container and just put that in the sink and then water it so that it drains well. And you can put it back in the clay pot in the basket. Okay. It should be fine. Thank you, Joan. Appreciate the call. Joan leaves that line open for your lawn or garden question for Julie. 651-989-9226. Text is 81 81- 807. Speaking of which, Texter says, I put some new sod down this last year and it rooted well. I put some Scott's Fall Feed Fertilizer down that I thought would help with making it stronger sod or seed next year. Uh, but it ended up burning. Now it looks like a dog went all over the yard. And uh, if this is going away, should I expect to have to replant new sod next year because it kind of got browned up? Is that too much fertilizer? What's uh, the deal with that? Well, you know, when you when you have fertilizer, you want to be sure that you're following the application rate properly. So that's all that's always on the label sure. of the fertilizer, and so you'll uh, that's important. If you followed that, I can't 
imagine it burned it all. Now, it says it looks like you had a dog that uh, used it for its bathroom. Um, it could be that the sod, uh, that the sod maybe had some annual uh, ryegrass in it and that that died. Hmm. You know, that's an annual plant, as the name implies. So it, it only lasts for a year, for a season. Um, if it's all, if it doesn't green up in the spring, yeah, you're going to have to replace mm. it. So um, it could be that that portion of the sod didn't um, didn't take, you know, didn't root well. Hmm. And and it, it hard to tell without yeah, seeing it's hard it to too. tell without seeing it. But but I would say just wait until spring. You know, if we don't get spring rains, which we probably will, <laughs> then I would you know water it well and see what happens. And and yes, you may have to replace it. All right, Julie, we have to take a quick break. We have more show to come. If you have a lawn or garden question, by all means, call it in or text it in, 651-989-9226, or send a text, 81807. Julie, when we come back to it, let's mention that uh, website where folks can get even get more information. Great wintertime reading on that. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Hey, good morning. Welcome back. To this portion of our Smart Garden Show here in A3OWCC. If you're just joining us, thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Happy Christmas. holidays. Happy holidays. Julie Wise and Happy New with Year us. coming up. Yes, it is. Yeah. 2018. How did that happen? I don't know. <laughs> you you also brought not um, sure. you brought your husband here, Carl, yeah. who we know, but you Carlos. also we we have Rosie in studio. Rosie the dog. Yes. Yeah. She's pretty around, she's pretty mellow. Cleaning up the popcorn and other yeah. trinkets. Yeah, on we'll the need floor. her here once a week. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like a Roomba. That's nice to yeah, Rosie the Roomba. A furry Roomba. Good deal. It's nice to see uh, all you guys yeah, today. She's a this good girl. Holiday weekend. And it's nice to to uh, get some questions answered. Lawn and garden type, six five one nine eight nine nine two two six or send a text and we'll get back to that screen. Uh, the text number, by the way, if that's easier, 81807. Are you ready? Yeah, let, let her rip. All right, Dan's calling from right, White Dan. Bear Lake. Dan, you're on CCO. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And Merry Christmas to all of you. I Thank love you. your show. Merry Thank Christmas you. to you. Thank you. I have a question about flour. We bought, usually we are buying in store for Christmas, for example, sure. mm-hmm. and they are coming with that kind of plastic cover. Right, right. Do you, do you supposed to take that plastic off so it can breathe and drain, or what do you think? Do you, we don't really know. Are, are you talking about the plastic that's around the pot, like yes. the decorative? So that's a great question. I'm really glad that you asked that question. Um, you can do a couple things. If you like the way it looks, uh, the, the issue with it is people forget to take it off when they water the plant, and the plant ends up sitting in water inside that that collects on in that wrapper. So you can do a couple things. You can take the plant out of the wrapper completely and put it in a nice-looking pot. Uh, you can um, put holes in the bottom of that plast of that wrapper, that decorative wrapper, and set it uh, set the plant on a saucer or a plate, something to catch any water that drains out. Uh, or you can just uh, water the plant in the sink and then put it back in the wrapper. So uh, you can leave it in there, but you just want to be sure that when you water it, it you're allowing the plant to drain well. The fruits <laughs> would be rotting, right, in water. 
That's right. The roots will rot in the water. Mm. Yeah. And that's the number one thing that kills house plants the most is that right. overwatering. <laughs> Too much TLC. <laughs> I appreciate for your help. Thank you. And Merry You're Christmas. Welcome. Merry Christmas, Thanks you again, Dan. Dan. Appreciate the call. That's yeah, a bye. great question. Thanks. I'm really glad he Thank asked you. that. Yeah, it is a good question. Yeah. I don't think we've ever had that question before. Yeah, drainage is really important with house plants. Uh, they oftentimes, I've I've uh, helped people with house plants and taken the plant out of the decorative, beautiful pot, and it's in another pot, and it's full of water because mm. they just keep watering it, and that water drains and collects in that decorative pot, and the plant no is almost floating in there. So it's it's really uh, it's important. Drainage is super important with house plants. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. A line is open if you want to use it this holiday weekend, or send a text eight one eight zero seven. We're getting a few of those. <laughs> I see. We There's won't a get funny to that text, one. but we can't read it on the no, air. No, we won't. We won't do that. <laughs> we could read it. We could. We could. We could, we could modify it. it. Yeah, we is, could modify is, it. Is, um, how? Well, let's do this one first. Okay, this let's came do in this earlier. One. How and when to clean the leaves of a dusty Christmas cactus. Also, how to make the cactus fuller for more future blooms next year. Another good question. And this is a great opportunity to say that we have an excellent publication on holiday cacti uh, on the Extension site, which is extension.umn.edu. And if you go to houseplants, click on the garden tab, go to houseplants, and you'll find holiday cacti, Thanksgiving cactus, Christmas cactus, and Easter cactus. So... That's great, but let's answer this question. So um, anytime a plant is dusty, it's important to take just a damp paper towel or a nice soft cloth and make sure it's damp and just wipe the leaves off. And that's hard with little plants. You can take those plants and run them underwater, shake them off, and that helps. If you if dust collects on leaves, it makes it harder for the leaf to uh, collect the amount of to collect light and then to photosynthesize. So we want to keep them clean. Um, making it fuller, you can do that by pinching off um, uh, what we call the leaves. They're actually called uh, uh, cladophils. And if you pinch those back, uh, they will put, wherever you pinch out, they'll put out two new little little uh, uh, branches. So that's how you can make it look fuller. And then you could take those pieces that you pinched off, dip them in a little root tone, which is a rooting hormone you can buy at your local garden center, put them in some soil, and... Voila, you'll have another plant. Excellent. And what, well, I'm going to ask you something about that website, but we'll get to that. We have a caller. Diane is calling from, I think, St. Paul. Go ahead, Diane. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I have something very interesting. All right. My daughter told me that when she eats romaine, she tried this one. She, I don't know where she heard <laughs> Okay. But you cut off the base of uh, all of the leaves, and you save that core, and you put it in water, and it will sprout from the center of that core new leaves. So my daughter tried it. It's here on my east windowsill in a little uh, custard cup of water. And it is sprouting new leaves from the center, and the leaves are now eh, about two inches tall. Nice. But I can't plant it outside. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just let it grow, and then you just trim them off and eat them. Make a little salad. Make a little salad, a teeny tiny salad. <laughs> that's kind of cool, huh? Cool. Yeah, oh, propagation's yeah, fun. I bet you that's great at, uh, that's awesome, in, Diane. for elementary kids to yeah, do stuff like that. you know, like that. we all used to take a potato. Did you ever do that, like a, a sweet potato or a potato, and you'd stick toothpicks in it, and you'd, like, hang it in a jar of water so that just touched it would put out roots and... 
You didn't no, do that. I don't did think you? I did that. No. You're so deprived. <laughs> I, I was deprived. I'm going to do that I'm today. I'm going to bring you one next week. <laughs> okay. That was, uh, yeah, so uh, propagation's great. There's a great, uh, I've, I think I've talked about this on the air before, but something called a rag doll that you can do where, and this is great for, for seed education for kids, where you take a wet paper towel, just damp, lay out some seeds, fold it up, put it in a Ziploc bag, and put it in a dark, warm place for about, I don't know, seven days, yeah. check it after five, and you'll see the first root come sprouting out of the seeds. And then you can take those, pick them off real carefully, and drop them in the soil but it's a great way for kids and adults, too, to understand uh, germination a little bit and see it happen and to make sure the seeds are actually viable. That's a great, it's a great test for that. All right. Good it's idea. Called a rag doll. I've got something to do now this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> right. Julie, we You're have... going to have an amazing garden. <laughs> Let's take a break. We invite our listeners to call in your uh, lawn or garden question or text in. The phone number is 651-989-9226. Text number is 81807. Good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our Smart Garden Show. Danny Long here with Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M. And I, let, let's give that website again because I have a question about that. Yeah, so uh, extension.umn.edu. Click on the Garden tab and go to Yard and Garden. You can also just Google University of Minnesota Extension Garden. And uh, it, it's, it's full of great publications. We have excellent diagnostic tools. There's a way to ask extension if you don't get your question asked. That's what I wanted to get to about yeah. that. If they can't get in today. Yeah, if you can't get in today, if you can't get your question answered, you can email it on Ask Extension. Uh, go to that page. Or you can call the Yard and Garden line out at the Arboretum. A master gardener will call you back. Uh, or there's uh, also great uh, publications online that you can just search for and find. Okay. Ton, tons of information. Yeah, mean ton, yes. Mm-hmm. Just it's great reading. All right. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. If you'd like to phone in your lawn or garden question, or if it's easier, Julie has that text screen right in front of her, eight one eight zero seven. Texter says, When's a good time to uh trim a maple tree? Uh maple trees in you can trim those now if you want. Winter is a decent time to trim most trees because they uh the trees are dormant and um uh, but with maple, the only concern is in the spring, if you do trim it, you'll see some bleeding uh, from the sap. And that's fine. That's perfectly normal. It's not going to be detrimental to the tree. All right. Uh, should we this, grab another one? This question has been up here. I thought I answered this a couple weeks ago, but we'll answer it again. Okay. I have a zone six blueberry bush in a large pot. It is is having it in the garage this winter okay, or should it be outside to ensure its survival? Uh, it depends if your garage is heated. If uh, if it's uh, 45 degrees in your garage, uh, you it, it can just go dormant. Uh, you might want to add a little water every now and then, take a look at it. Um, and uh, But otherwise, right now, to put it outside would be probably a shock to the plant. Um, so I'd keep it in the garage and maybe add a little bit of water now and then. And... Um, uh, yeah, see if it makes it. Zone six is tough. That's you're almost. Uh, I mean, we're in zone four, and a little bit of zone five down along the Iowa border. But um, you don't say what zone. It looks like five oh seven. So that's southern part of the state. Mm-hmm. But really, um, yeah, it's going to be tough. You're going to have to be taking care of that plant, um, and you might want to try some of the university blueberry plants. The other thing about blueberries is that you need to have two different cultivars to cross pollinate in order to get fruit. So. Uh, whatever this plant is, um, if you like growing blueberries, I would try two of our northern cultivars uh, that are university. There's St. Cloud and North Blue and North Sky and Chippewa and uh, a lot of different um, really great uh, cultivars from the University of Minnesota. Okay, very good. 
Uh, there's a line open if you want to use it, 651-989-9226. Julie, let's get back to the phones. Harvey's calling from St. Cloud. Harvey, you're on with Julie. Uh, good morning, Julie. Good I've morning. Got, I think you, good morning. Uh, I think you've talked about this, you know, some time ago, but I just had a uh, arborist out and looking at uh, maple trees. Maple trees. Yep. The problem I've got is I've got one that's maybe about 35, 40 feet high. Uh, the last year, the leaves had... Oh, by July already, half the leaves had fell. Uh, I have noticed and I've heard is that uh, years ago when they planted these trees, a lot of them left the, the roots in sacks and never spread them out. And I can see roots on the top of the ground going around the tree. Oh, trunk. yeah. And uh, I would say about a foot, foot and a half up from the ground, uh, all the bark is just falling off. Yeah. It's, it's dead, right? I think so. I think that that tree has lived its life. It's um, those are those roots that you see that are circling are called girdling roots, stem girdling roots. And there's a lot of research that's been done by Gary Johnson and his team in urban forestry over at the U. Uh, so that's a, a good thing to read about. But essentially, those roots encircle the the other roots and kill the tree, and uh, and they cut into the vascular system that's just below the bark layer of the tree and kind of choke it. And so when you plant a tree, and if you ever see circling roots, uh, you would trim those off before you plant the tree, and apparently this wasn't the case. And you're right. In some cases, uh, trees were left in uh, burlap and baskets, and and, uh, while that's not necessarily the reason for girdling roots, um, sometimes the girdling roots will develop in a container if if the plant is container-grown. Sometimes they grow that way because the plant is planted too deeply, that's a practice that used to be done quite a while ago, and now we know better uh, and plant uh, a different way. We plant our trees uh, much higher than they used to be. So it sounds to me like since you lost leaves in July, that would indicate a stress, uh, you know, really stressed out tree, and then that the bark is falling off, and then you see the stem girdling roots. I'm I'm saying that you should probably think about taking it down and putting in something else. Okay. Good luck, Harvey. Thank you. Yeah. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. If you want to call it in, text it in as eight one eight zero seven. We'll get back to the text in a moment. But Judy is calling from Bloomington. Judy, you're on CCO with Julie. Good morning. Morning. I have a question about. I got a dwarf Meyer lemon tree, Ooh, and yes. um, it was doing fine. I had it in a three season porch over the summer, and it was doing fine. And then I brought it in. It was doing pretty good. And then all of a sudden, a couple weeks ago, it started dropping leaves. Right. And I'm not sure if I might have overwatered it or if it's from changing the location. Yeah, it's the latter probably. If you've been, you know, when you feel the soil, if you dig your fingers in there and it feels dry, um, then, you know, those trees can usually take a fair amount of water. And it's, you know, you don't want it sitting in water. Um, but they can take quite a bit of water, and they do require quite a bit of water. But it's the latter. It's because probably because you changed the location. Uh, that would cause a little bit of shock to the tree. They'll drop its leaves, but it should uh, start putting out new leaves. Be sure that it's in the brightest window you have in your house, or you can also use a floor lamp and buy a grow light. Um, you can buy them online. And um, and add some supplemental light to that. Now it does have, you know, it's got lemons about the size of I'd say a, Ooh, maybe nice. a quarter. Yep. 
but are those, are, do you think those are going to fall off too? Some might fall off. Uh, they'll turn yellow, kind of yellow, uh-huh. uh, not ripe yellow, but yellow and drop off, but um, not necessarily. Okay. Um, but that's where it does, you need to really make sure that you're watering it well. And um, if you have the opportunity to water with uh, like distilled water with some fertilizer in it, that uh-huh. would be great versus okay. using tap water. Okay, thank you so much. Yeah, All right, Judy, thank you for the call. Yeah, citrus like a little acid in their water, so um, so uh, use a muracid fertilizer is great. That's a mm. type of a granular uh, dissolve in water kind of fertilizer that uh, that we use for azaleas and blueberries, and it's also good at about half strength for citrus. For any kind of a citrus uh, tree? I think so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think they're all the same that way. 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. You want to grab that Yeah, one? this is a good question. Um, let's see. I'm going to try to find the beginning of it. Um, I have a, oh, let's see, a 30, 30 to 35-foot blue spruce losing needles from trunk outward. U of M site says it could be a fungal or insect caused, and spraying in spring is recommended uh, treatment. How do I get accurate diagnosis? Is there hope for this tree? I have read that blue spruces are less popular in our area due to such problems. Good question. Um, there are a number of diseases that spruce have, but uh, one that we see commonly on Colorado spruce, which is the blue spruce that we all love in our landscapes, uh, is a, uh, a fungal disease. And uh, it is something that can be sprayed for. Um, I would recommend having an arborist or a tree care, certified tree care company coming out there uh, to take a look at it in the spring to see if you can do any kind of treatment. There is a treatment for it. Uh, but it's expensive, and some people choose not to do that. Um, but uh, but that's the way to get an accurate diagnosis is have a certified arborist come out and take a look at it. And uh, and there is hope. It, it, sometimes it can take a long time for this uh, fungal disease, rhizosphera. I, I, can, I never can pronounce it correctly. I apologize to my pathology buddies. <laughs> um, but it sometimes it's a it's a needle disease and. Uh, Sometimes what happens is that Colorado spruce are bred in Colorado. That's how they got their name. And it's very dry and arid in Colorado, and they do great out there. But here in Minnesota in the summer, we have a lot of humidity, and that humidity causes this fungal disease to spread and increase. And there's nothing you can spray for it, but we have a lot of blue spruce around our landscape. So there are other options for blue-colored trees. There's some white spruce that have a kind of a blue look. There's also the con-color fir or the white fir, which is one of my favorite uh, trees. Uh, that's a great option, too. So you have some other options if you like that blue color evergreen. What kind of soil did you, would you suggest for a white fir? I, you can plant it in a, in a well-drained soil, um, uh, and they do quite well. They're used in a lot of urban landscapes, mm. and, and they, they plug right along. check so, that out. Yeah, that's a beautiful, beautiful tree. Hot pink Cones, oh, really pretty. 81807 if you want to send Julie your text message or call her, 651-989-9226. This time of year, Julie, a lot of folks t- heading out on vacation, but there's a oh, question yeah. about that. Is there a good method of watering plants, heading, going on vacation for several weeks? The important thing is to water all your plants before you go um, and to keep your temperature in your house cool. In some cases, if you have a, uh, you know, you might want to drop your temperature to, say, you know, 62 degrees, 65 at the, you know, uh, the probably the highest. And, um, and that will actually help to keep the soil more moist. 
Uh, and if your plants are in a very bright, hot window, if you have a westerly window or you have one area that it's very, very warm, um, then you might want to move them out of that space. So the, the trick is to keep them moist as long as you're gone. Um, I like to have somebody check on my house. I was going to say if you have Kathy family or friends. Over yeah. And she'll check my plants for me when, when we go out of town for a length of time. But um, but that's really, um, that's probably the best way to do it. Some people will say, I'll oh, put an ice cube in a plant, like in orchids and things. That's okay, but that's going to melt in, you know, overnight. And it's going to dry up pretty quick. That's not very much water. So that's not really a, a very good method of that. But um, really watering them well before you go. And then if you can have somebody check them, yeah. that's great. If someone's checking your house. Um, and then moving them out of warm areas and keeping your temperature cool. Very good. On that note, we have to take a quick break. We still invite your phone calls or text messages pertaining to Lawn and Garden, 651-989-9226. Or the text number is, uh, again, 81807. We'll be back with Julie and your phone calls and text messages in just a moment. Fair Skies, CISO attempt right now is 12. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on 830 WCCO. Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota Extension with us. And as yeah. you can see, Julie, a lot of text messages here. Should we see how Gardening many we can... is a 52-week-a-year hobby. <laughs> it, well, it really is. And, it, and maybe even more so this time of year yeah. when it's going to be below zero. Yes. We're thinking about spring like already. like to think but about gardening. Let's, uh, what do you say we grab some text and uh, see how many we can feel? That sounds good. Um, somebody's asking to expound on watering plants. Not everything gets watered. On Tuesdays, for example, you have to check the soil or how the leaves look. Thanks, Christy. So, uh, yeah, Christy, you are correct. Um, You do have to feel the soil, and that is the best way to tell that your plant needs water. Uh, Another way to tell or to justify it is to actually to look at the plant, and you're right. The leaves, they might start to get wrinkly. They might start to droop. Um, That can also be a sign of overwatering, too, though. So you you have to make sure that you're feeling that soil and again, taking the plant out of the pot to water it is really important. Taking it out of a second pot, not the actual pot the plant's in. Uh, and making sure there's drainage holes in the bottom of the pot so that that plant can drain well. Uh, I always recommend to people to set it in the sink and to uh, make sure that you water it well. If you have a plant like a uh, African violet, for example, uh, those have kind of furry leaves. And watering those leaves can sometimes cause leaf spot. And so I like to take those plants and set them in a bowl of water and allow the plant to take up the water. Let it sit there for, you can let it sit there for most of the day even, and allow it to take up the water, then take it out of that water and set it in the sink, drain it well, and then put it back in its window. So uh, you're right. And thank you, Christy, for asking for a little bit more information. It's one of the number one ways that we kill our house plants is by overwatering them. Yeah. Text says, uh, where can I take a sample of my lawn grass to get help identifying the type of grass? Oh, now, does I the U of M do that? Uh, you, you do soil well, samples. Well, we do soil soil samples, and we do have a plant disease clinic, but I, I wouldn't take it there to find that out. The best thing to do probably is uh, you can take a picture of it. You can bring it to the Arboretum uh, when Master Gardeners are there, which are on Saturdays and I think Sundays too. You can check the website. Uh, you can also bring it to... Um, Uh, a a master gardener extension office if there's a master gardener available there Um, and you can take photographs of it and send it in on ask an expert which is on our ask extension page 
which is on the garden webpage. So that's another way that you can do that. You can send up to three photographs, so you can take pictures of that. We can often tell from the blades, uh, and uh, close-ups are important. So if you do send photos, be sure you take close-ups as well as the picture, you know, a, a broader picture, a wider picture of the plant, and then be sure they're super clear so that we can we can help you out with that. Text number is 81807. Here's the text, Julie. Uh, what do you do with the Norfolk pine received for Christmas after the holidays? You keep it as a beautiful house plant. That is a nice Does house it need plant. a lot of care? Uh, it actually likes a bright window, and it likes to be well-drained. Uh, in other words, you want it to be sure that it's in a pot where it's going to drain well. And then uh, just keep it moist. It doesn't like to dry out too much. But just keep feeling that soil, and if it starts to get a little dry in the top inches, then give it a good, uh, a good watering. And be sure to keep it in a, a nice bright window. Texter wants generally uh, some advice on tips for caring for uh, orchids. Oh, yes, orchids. So uh, we have a publication on our garden houseplant page, and it does talk about caring for particularly Phalaenopsis, which are the moth orchids. They're probably the most common orchids that people have. They're really forgiving. If you want to give an orchid for a gift at Christmas, that's a great one to give. And uh, mm-hmm. and caring for orchids, again, draining well, mm-hmm. um, putting them in a bright light. They like to, uh, once they're done blooming and the stem has completely turned brown, then cut it off. Uh, and you have to appreciate orchids for the quality of their leaves as well as their roots because they're going to have they're going to look like that for a long time uh, until they start another spike, uh, probably about uh, six months or so down the road. So uh, they will um, uh, they prefer some cooler temperatures as well, uh, difference of seven to ten degrees at night in order to set bud. Let's see. Um... Here's a text that says, uh, I have about six acres of woods. It is starting to get infested with buckthorn. Oh, yeah. How can I get rid of this invasive species? Okay. That's, I would, that's a yeah, tough one, isn't I, it? On our extension site, we have a link to uh, information about buckthorn. The DNR has a terrific page on buckthorn as well. And I would take a look at that. That's a long uh, conversation. So I would. I'm like gonna, you said I'm earlier, you could do a whole show on of, that. Yeah, we could do a whole show on buckthorn and invasive species. Uh, but I would uh, recommend that you read that information. It talks about how to uh, how to take it out, how to identify it properly, and then how to prevent it from coming back. I remember taking out a bunch in my backyard, Very hard to but do. It, it, it seems like I could wait till winter and that's still green. I yeah, thought, oh, well, there's that's, and that's one of the ways that you identified is it's the last thing to turn brown. In fact, it doesn't turn brown; it just stays green through the winter. Is good morning, Texter says. Is there a life expectancy for Christmas cactus? Mine is <laughs> dropping clumps of leaves. Already. Okay, dropping clumps of leaves may indicate that that the plant is uh, being overwatered. They are not plants, even though they have the kind of a succulent look. Succulents do not necessarily want to be overwatered, so you might want to check that. Um, you might want to p- do some pinching back if maybe if those branches have gotten extremely heavy and the plant is having trouble. Uh, kind of keeping it, you know, st- sitting upright, and and you might want to do some pinching back. And I explained that a little earlier, where you go to uh, a joint in the leaves or the clad fills, and you go ahead and you pinch those off, and that will promote some uh, uh, new growth at that point. All right, let's see. We still have some time for this. Uh, and there are life expectancies of plants. Yes, plants. Now, Christmas cactus. People say I've got one that's a hundred years old. It was my great grandmother's. That is true. But uh, but plants do have life expectancy, so sometimes um, it's best uh, if you don't want to struggle with it and it doesn't have a lot of sentiment and meaning, sometimes it's good to start with a new fresh plant. We have a couple of minutes to go, and that is it, Julie. Uh, 
Go ahead. Oh, so this one is from Aubrey and Chaska. I have a feisty red squirrel and lots of gray squirrels that like to bury walnuts in my lawn. Is there a way to deter them besides with a pellet gun? We don't recommend that. By <laughs> well, the way. well, it's awfully tempting, I know, but a pellet might go through your neighbor's window, and then you got a problem. But uh, there, it really, you know, if you have a walnut tree nearby, or if you have an oak tree with acorns, they're going to be there, and it's just difficult. Um, there isn't a really good answer for that. Um, protecting plants, um, uh, it's it's hard. Squirrels are tough. Even are. we even have uh, you know lots of conversations about that about protecting bulbs and things like that with chicken wire. and, and But it's difficult, and I don't have a good answer for you, Aubrey. Sorry. We have 60 <laughs> seconds to go, Julie, and that is it. I'm thinking about here it is, the holiday gift-giving season. Yeah. What, what what are some ideas, a couple of them, for, for maybe some plants for, for Well, we've got some great plants, and I just wrote a post on our Yard and Garden News blog, uh, which is on our garden site, and it's about houseplants make great gifts, and I list a number of them there along with some links for information. I would say this, that if you buy somebody like an amaryllis bulb, which is one of my favorites, be sure to print off the extension publication oh, good to go idea. with it because it has great care after it blooms and how to take care of it through the summer and how to get it into bloom again. So look to that site for some good things and pop that in the package with your with your plant. Merry Christmas to you Merry guys. Christmas, Denny. And to Rosie too. Yeah. All right. <laughs> have a safe trip. Thanks. All right. And we'll uh, talk. Will we? Uh, Teresa will be here Teresa next will week. will be here next week. All right. Good deal. Thanks very much, Julie. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.